On today's show, Luka Doncic scored 47 in a Eurobasket game for Slovenia's win against France. What does it mean for him? What does it mean for Slovenia? They're moving on. How are they going to look in tournament play? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. Let's go. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavs. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Hey. And welcome! You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below comment me slovenci comment that below comment your team every day below let us know in the comment section and also name something this is going to be like a little creative test for everybody name something as impressive as lucas 47 points versus france oh just name your one, hair name one thing as, as impressive <laughs> let us know in the comments and joining me as always my co-host writer contributor at mavs.com letting it ride the Slovenia son, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, so on the Eurobasket website, when you look at the games for the day, it gives a like a half sentence for each of the games that are finished. And these are some of the lines for, for them. Well, Belgium advanced to Berlin. Yeah, good, good luck for Belgium here. <laughs> Montenegro, knockout Georgian host. Yep. Luka Doncic is good at basketball. <laughs> That's an incredible lead for, <laughs> for like an article. On their web, on like Eurobasket's website it's too. On- Eurobasket's <laughs> website and it's like under the score at the top to where like you know normally like I just read it's like France tops you know whoever it just says Luka Doncic is good at basketball under the Slovenia France game amazing just perfection amazing obviously we're talking about Eurobasket the tournament happening over in Europe right now where Luka Doncic's Slovenia is playing really really well right now they had a bump in the road there but they are back they won against France and, and Rudy Gobert and uh Fournier and Timothy Lawal Cabro and who else would people know on that team? That's probably it, right? Uh, Teo Maladon. Teo Maladon from the Thunder is on that team as well. No, no Frank Nilakina. No Nilakina on this team. So Eli Kobo. But they, yeah, that's true. Uh, Ryan McDonough somewhere is is vindicated from the Eli Kobo game. <laughs> Yabusele. And uh, and so Slovenia gets that win. Now they are number one in their group. Uh, in their group B, and so we'll talk about what that means in tournament and all that. But we got to start with Luka Doncic because he dropped 47 mm. in this game and just a crazy efficient game for Luka. We were wondering in some of these Eurobasket games, when is he going to like, turn it on? When is Luka going to get hot? Because we know how Luka rolls. He can be streaky with his shot, especially his, his three-point shooting and his free-throw shooting. He can get pretty streaky, but in this game, everything was falling for him. And when that happens, there's just literally no answer for another team. And he played almost the whole game. Yeah. Like, just throw out everything I said yesterday about him. You know, at the end of the game, is he going to be tired and all of this? Um, the dude just, I mean, this is 
one of the best games I feel like we've seen him play uh, on any level. But him to play, you know, he played 38 minutes in this game, 38-44 to yeah. be exact. Yeah, and let's, so. let's uh, almost 39 minutes in a 40-minute game, right? Like yeah. these are only 40-minute games. <laughs> yeah, so he, the only thing he didn't play was a, a minute and 16 in this game. and Because he had to get stitches in his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just like this guy – I mean, he put the team on his uh, on his back. He dominated. He, you know, they pulled up that graphic there. Um, sorry, somebody just texted me about it's our it's our anniversary today. My wife and I. So. Uh, oh, I thought I was going to say it was ours. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, is it our anniversary? No, ours. So is shout in, out to ours my, in May. <laughs> shout out to uh, shout out to my wife. Happy anniversary. Aww, yeah. She's the best person in the world, and she's let me do this podcast for five years. The so. wine. Um, the wine. Let's, the wine, the let's wine. see if uh, another another Mav season will last to uh, our ten year anniversary. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to this game, just what Luca did, putting up twenty seven there. They put up that graphic there in the in the second quarter is like twenty seven points, eight something. Um, no, he didn't have eight something, but it was just a remarkable Luca Doncic performance from start to finish. Forty seven points, fifteen of twenty three from the field. Uh, six of 11 from three. That's the key for him sometimes. If he just yep. gets that three ball going early, it just is all so easy for him. Then 11 of 12 from the free throw line for everyone. I know you listening. There are games when when he plays with the Mavericks or Slovenia when you just yes. yell, make your free throws. Like, finally make your free throws. He hit them in this game. He hit 11 out of 12 of them and had five assists, seven boards. He had uh, a steal as well, four turnovers, but... He just put like like you said. He put the team on his back so much in this game. They literally like there was a couple of key plays at the end from Dragic that we'll talk about. But other than that, he didn't have much help in this game at all. It was like a Luca or bust kind of game. If he's not in this game, like, I wonder what Slovenia would have done at times because he's just he's everything for this team. I I do want to. We'll go back to Luca in just a sec. I do want to give Goran Dragic a big shout out because at thirty six or thirty seven, whatever he's at, for him to play. Um, all but 21 seconds, seconds yeah. <laughs> of, of this game was just unbelievable. And he had some big buckets late. I thought he played, you know, he had 14 points in the game, um, but he shot 46% from the field. I, I thought obviously 14 points is not comparable to the 47, but for him to play basically the whole game at his age, I thought was really crazy. And he honestly had a terrible game until the last like, like minute <laughs> basically, um, but Luka Doncic, he, so we mentioned, so he starts the first half, he scores 27 points in the first half, but at the 38 second mark, so like the last 38 seconds of the second quarter, he gets hit in the head by, uh, Poirier, Vincent Poirier. He was like, he was in the NBA for, for, a, a, he had a cup of coffee. A little bit, yeah. He had a, he had a glass of wine in the NBA. Maybe if we're going to put it the French way. Um, he comes down for a rebound right over Luca. His elbow hits his head, and Luca falls down. And somebody tweeted this at me, and I found it hilarious. I never, he said, I never know when Luca is actually hurt and when he's not because Luca does react the same way as oh. when nothing happens to him. Or in this scenario where he's playing against France, and a, you know the Frenchman Poirier hits his elbow on top of his head, and he literally is bleeding down the side of his head. He's looking back as he's walking to the bench. He's looking back at France, and you can see the blood pouring down from his face. And then he has to go get a couple stitches at halftime. So he didn't come out at halftime um, for a little while. He didn't like warm up with the rest of the team. It took him a while to come back because they're like literally like sewing his head up because he had to get these stitches. He had 27 points at that point. And uh, he came back and he 
poured on another 20 in the second half. Yeah, he um <laughs> the there was a play with Rudy I think in the second half to where like Rudy they got tangled up a little bit, but like Rudy Bear, like didn't even hit him hardly at all, and Luca just like flails on the ground, and he's like he like oh. lays down. They oh. didn't call anything, but that's the that's the type of stuff. Where, like you never know if Luca's like really hurt or not. I think that was the beginning of the second half because one of the keys to this game was Luca just wanted to go at Gobert, and we know this. We've we saw it in the playoffs. We saw it in the regular season for the Mavericks. He just wants to go at Gobert, and I think some of it is strategical strategological, I think, is, is something that he wants to do. Gobert got two early fouls. He went out at the 17-minute, 14-second mark of the first quarter. So, like, within the first three minutes, he had two fouls. You only get five in Eurobasket. So, he was taken out, and he checked out for a while. And so, you know, Luca wanted to go right at Gobert. And we saw there was that one instance you mentioned, I believe it was in the third quarter, where Gobert comes up to him a little bit, and Luca just completely flails and falls to the ground. And I... I miss Lucas flops against Gobert because you know that it's, he just wants him out of the game. It's just like Gobert was the best player on France. Gobert was the only one keeping them in in this game at certain times too. Um, How much did Rudy love that dunk on Luca? Oh, if if Silvini had lost, that dunk would have just been heard around the world. Like I, yeah. I don't I don't know what Lockdown Wolves is talking about <clears throat> today, but I think Ben Beacon may be talking about that dunk a little bit more if, if they had if they had won. But he I mean he put him put him now but but gave credit to Luca for standing in there on that on that dunk too. Oh, yeah. Like he could have just got yeah. out of the way. And instead he's like, hey I know that Gobert doesn't always jam it on somebody's head when he should. And so I'm gonna stand yeah. in here and I'm gonna try to, to try to stop him. But coming up, let's talk about how imp- impressive this is because 47 points like that's a that's a pretty good NBA game, right? But why is it so impressive in Eurobasket? We'll explain that. We'll talk about why Slovenia is uh, number one in Group B and why that matters. We'll talk all about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Isaac, I just bought some new Built Bars. I need. Wow. I needed some. Hungary's out of the tournament. But I have to tell you, on YouTube, we got so many hashtag dads do the ads that you now have to do the rest of this ad. <laughs> tell them about Built Bar. <laughs> Guys, if you want something that's low calorie, low carb, covered in 100% chocolate. Oh, yeah. You know what the option is for you? In between there's the all, bottles all- that, you're, that you're feeding your kids, in between the, you know, the tricycle rides outside, you're like, you know what? Mm. It's not time for dinner yet, but I need a snack. You know what you need to grab? Built Bar. Mm. If, if you don't want to do the actual, like, the, the original Built Bar, there's Built Puffs. There's so many different flavors, so many different options that I'm sure Nick would love to tell you about what flavors there are. Go to built.com. You can get the flavors. Uh, they have brownie batter puff, which is the one that I got. It's like marshmallow fluff in the middle, brownie batter flavoring, and then the chocolate cover on the outside, coconut marshmallow. Mm. There's a churro puff as well, double chocolate, regular uh, built bar, cherry bar, sea is solid, raspberry solid, great stuff. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked on 15. That's locked on the number one, the number five, locked on 15 to get 20% off your entire order. It's Built.com. All right, Isaac. Dads do the ads. This is another another successful one for dads do the ads. Did they really comment? Oh yeah. Oh, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of people that said hashtag dads do the ads. <laughs> That's hilarious. Great, incredible stuff on YouTube uh, and on Twitter. I got a couple on Twitter as well for this. I gotta check this out. Um, but Luka Doncic, why is it so impressive? 47 points. It's one of the, the highest marks in Eurobasket ever. Dirk had one in 2000, uh, 2001. He had 43 points in a Eurobasket game. But let's remember, they only played 10-minute quarters. 
And so there's a lot less time. There's eight minutes less of, of time than there is in an NBA game. Could put up 60. And these games matter. Like these games really matter to to the guys playing in these in these games. So it feels like Do you a, want to share what I texted you? <laughs> it feels like a playoff atmosphere. And Isaac texted me this during the middle of the game. And I think it's true. Like, hey, doesn't it look like Luca cares about this a little bit more than he cares about some Mavs games. And I'd have to agree because it's different, right? It like hits home. It's country. It's like country pride. It's like, this is where I come from. You know that he loves those international games. Anything for Slovenia, he's going to go all out. Now, I don't think he went all out more so than he did in the playoffs for the Mavericks, right? Like there's, I was going to say like it, it's Austin Garuda tweeted out something too later on. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, it's okay. Like we can't get mad whenever I think Austin said, you can't get mad whenever, you know, Luca takes off a random Tuesday night in Sacramento. Yeah. And because we get games like this, I would much, I would, I'm fine with trading out some, you know, random games against the magic or some, or the, like the Knicks, like who cares about the Knicks and he's playing against them or something for us to, for him to have this incredible game. Now I, I guarantee you though, we're in, I don't think that's a, like a hundred percent from, from fans. There's a lot of Mavs fans who probably don't care about Slovenia playing basketball. Sure. And they're like, that's no, funny. he should try hard all the time for Sacramento. And it's like, well, I'm not in that camp, but you can tell when Luca does try hard in games, because this the difference between this game, yeah. the Germany game, and then the, like the Bosnia game and the Hungary game were just so different. And the Bosnia and the Hungary games, you could tell he came out and he was like messing around. He's laughing. Like he didn't, you could just tell. But in this, in these games against Germany and against France, his demeanor was different. And he just came out. He was ready to go. He was a, he was driving. He was attacking. His three ball was going down. His step back three, when his step back three goes down, everything else just becomes so easy for him because then you have to come out and help. Like the defender has to come out and step up to him and close out on his three point shot because you can't just let him shoot a wide open three point shot because. He's way better at the, the wide-open step-back ones than if he's yeah. contested. And so then everything else just comes easy because then Luca's the Luca magic, the, the actual Luca magic to me, like the key to Luca's game and why he's so good and why you can like – I even see SJ, like our friend SJ on Twitter, arguing with all these Hawks fans about how oh, Trey Young, Trey Young versus Luca, and why that's, mm. not a, why, why, why that's not even an argument is the magic of Luca is when – a defender comes to close out on one of his three-point shots. Like he pump fakes, they they close out. He gets by them and puts the defender on his butt. When when Luca has a defender on his butt, where he's like driving to the lane just in his slow pace, and the defender can't catch him, that's where he's magic, right? That's where and, he and has- Luca keeps going because he sees that as an advantage. Trey stops and falls over. It is. Whenever, it, whenever the guy's behind. And him. he has every single option at that spot. He has the option where he could pa- kick out to either corner. He can kick out behind him. How many behind the, behind the head or behind the back pass have we seen Luca kick out to Toby or to Maxi Kleba in Mavs games? And he can hit the floaters incredibly well. He can post up whoever comes up to help. He bumped Gobert off of his spot a couple of times and hit a shot over the top of him. We talked about what he did against Germany, against their bigs, where he bumps them off their spot and hits a shot over them. But he just has so many other options. And we hope that he's adding a hook shot to his game. We haven't seen it in these Eurobasket <laughs> games. We saw it in the friendlies. But he has every single option once he gets to that spot. And that's what makes Luca so magic. That's where we saw a lot of his um, success come out of this game. And uh, he was just, I mean, he was just dead set on beating this team because it really does help Slovenia. Yeah, getting that number one seed, winning the group is huge, especially after they lost that game the other day. And, you know, Luca crashed the boards. You know, Mike Toby didn't play in this game. So, yeah, this, this set up for a, you know, Rudy Gobert 17 rebound game. And it didn't. They, they crashed the boards as a team. 
I couldn't help just think, like, what's going through Rudy's head? All right. <laughs> I mean, it was just, what, five months ago? Where, is, like to Tony, where is Tony Parker? <laughs> you go back to April, five months ago. Lucas torching this dude in the playoffs. <laughs> like, they they ended the Jazz, okay? Um, I don't think Luca ended France. We can we can't go that far. Um, like the Eiffel Tower is just done. But... I was just in France. It's still nice. <laughs> it's still nice. <laughs> um, but it's just funny that like no matter the jersey, no matter the continent, uh, no matter the the league, the tournament, <laughs> Luka Doncic is just going to put Rudy Gobert in a blender. And uh, it's just it's just funny seeing him torch him, especially there in that second half. He did the step back three over him. There was the crazy play of Luka. <laughs> At the end of the shot clock, the like, oh one my foot. gosh, how did I? Oh my gosh, what, what was that? And I just like laughed, like, I just laughed whenever it went. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Come on, when was it? Okay, four, four minutes, 15 seconds in the second quarter. Uh, Slovenia has a, a decent lead, but they're kind of they're nursing it a little bit. Luca has to bail them out because the shot clock's winding down. Dragic couldn't get anything going, none of the other Slovenia guys could get anything going. They kick it over to Luca. He starts driving on Gobert because a switch happens. You know, there's a screen and a switch, and Gobert's now guarding Luca. Luca drives left, and instead of going like left towards the basket, he goes left towards the sideline almost. Like he's driving like at a diagonal. From like the left wing, he has to throw up a shot and he throws up a right-handed, one-handed floater from just about like I think his feet were on the three-point line. And it goes in right as the buzzer goes down. And it was just like one of those shots where you go, oh man. Everything's dropping for Luca today, right? The three yeah. ball is hitting, the the wild like trick shots are hitting, and uh, then like four minutes later he gets a technical foul and <laughs> and then he gets hit on the head and gets stitches and all that. But yeah, that shot was insane. Um, the the end of the game though, so I don't, I didn't think any other Slovenia players played particularly well in this game. Um, Luca had forty seven, Dragic finished with fourteen. Uh, Murch him, him and Conchar hit some shots late. That was huge. Murch had had nine points, so he hit two threes. Chanchar hit uh hit no threes, but he hit a couple of jumpers late and a couple of free throws late. The were, pump fake on Rudy late, and then like just the pull up huge jumper, huge. It, there was a smooth co- play. Nobody played well until the very final minutes. Until the very very final minutes, where Goran Dragic, minute twenty left, he's picking up Elia Kobo at half court. He's defending him. And he picks his pocket, steals, and scores. Like, that's the oldest player on your team. The guy that shouldn't be playing as many minutes as he is, probably. Like, completely just stripped Eliakobo, the French guard, and, like, scored. He did it again with 11 seconds left to basically seal the game. Like, two times that Goran Dragic did it. And then the other play that was really big that you just mentioned was 40, 44 seconds left. Slovenia's up by two. Luka drives, he kicks back to Dragic, and Dragic swings over to Chanchar, who has Gobert on him. And instead of just trying to take the three, and maybe it's contested, he pump fakes, steps in, steps inside the three-point line, pulls up, hits the shot, and then Slovenia's up by four with 44 seconds left. And that like kind of that sealed it, and then Dragic got another steal and score. But yeah, no Slovenian players played particularly well until those last couple of plays where they came up really big in the clutch. Yeah, I mean, I got scared because yeah, you know, they kind of gave it away. They like, kind of gave it away late. And France came back and tied the game. Like, all right, we can't get a uh, Luca fifty pointer, and they lose this game. Um, and uh, yeah, th- those guys hit some shots late, and they closed it. And I was thoroughly happy at that point because that meant obviously they won the group. And they win the group. Let's talk about what that means for Slovenia going forward. Who are they going to play in tournament play? And uh, and what's what's next? Like, when will they play Jokic? When will they play Giannis and all that? We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, 
we are chanting me Slovenci over and over and over again because Slovenia got this win. Luka Doncic, 47 points, an incredible feat in Eurobasket. Just doesn't happen very often. These games that mean something for guys that you know you only play 40 minutes in a game and all that. Everything was dropping for Luka. Slovenia gets the win, and now they win Group B. So in Eurobasket, they're split into these groups. They have Group A, B, C, and D. And there's five, six teams in each. And there's four teams that come out of that, come out of each group. So Slovenia had to finish in the top four of, of their six-team group. And they did. They, they finished number one. They were number one. Germany was number two. France is number three. Lithuania was, was four. So those four teams will move into tournament play. Same for all the other groups. They're all moving to tournament play. Since Slovenia was number one in their group, and they won the tiebreaker because they beat Germany. Germany was the team that was tied to them. They're both four and one. Slovenia had beat Germany, so then they're number one. They move on to the bracket. It's already set up in, in FIBA, you know, uh, Eurobasket's website. They'll play Belgium in the first game. Belgium is kind of a kind of an interesting team. They don't have any uh, NBA players that you would recognize necessarily if you're just an NBA person, but they um, they've beat some pretty good teams. They beat Spain. In their group, they beat um, who else did they beat? They beat Bulgaria. They beat they didn't beat Turkey, but yeah, they beat Spain, which is a good. Oh, and then they beat Serbia in the friendlies. That's what the other thing is. They beat Serbia twice in friendlies earlier this year, and so they are a pretty decent team. But there's not going to be anybody that you'll really recognize. Slovenia should be able to take care of them in round one, but that's who they're going to play is uh, Belgium. Yeah, and you know, if you look at if you look at the bracket on the bottom half, if you just want to break it down in like halves. The bottom half was Slovenia being up there against Belgium. You know, France lands at that spot, and now they have to play Turkey in the first round. And yeah. Turkey's been kind of frisky a little bit. Shane Larkin, Mavs legend. <laughs> and Alfred Shingun. Yeah, Shingun versus uh, Rudy Gobert should that's be. A good, that's a good one. That should be a lot of fun in that. Um, but, yeah, what you, I mean, I, I think you start looking across the board, there's we got to get one more day of Eurobasket before we know who the second-round matchup could right. be. There's some stuff that could move around. But, I mean, you're not really scared of anybody if you're Slovenia. In the, whole, turno- some, in the whole tournament. Yeah, in the whole tournament. But there's obviously some teams you want to avoid. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you start looking at the next few rounds, it's that semifinals matchup to where it looks like Serbia will finish as the leader of their group, Group yeah. D. Mm-hmm. And so Serbia looks like if they – assuming that they win their first, you know, first game – uh, in the tournament there, they'll play the winner of Turkey and France, which that'll be a great game. Yeah. Like Jokic versus Gobert, if France wins or whatever. Or and then the winner of that could face Slovenia in the semifinals. So we could get a Slovenia versus Serbia in the semifinals. So the reason why it was so important for Slovenia to beat Germany and to beat France, which is why Luka went all out. They played all the minutes like they really wanted to go all out in this game. They started Dragic. They did all that stuff is Slovenia finished number one in their group. Greece is probably going to finish number one in their group with Giannis uh, and then with our guy Tyler Dorsey. And then Serbia is probably going to finish, like Isaac said, number one in Group D. If uh, at, at, As it is right now, if they finish number one in both of those groups, um, Slovenia, if they were going to face Greece at all, would be in the final. Like the last two teams standing and they, they'll play Slovenia versus Greece. That would be the last matchup. Serbia, Serbia would be in the semifinals, so like the basically like the Western Conference Finals that they would have to play. So there's a couple of rounds. If yeah. Slovenia had finished in uh, second place in their in their group, they would play Greece in the second round. Like they win one yeah. game, and these are single eliminations. So they play one game, and then they play Greece. Like it was so important for them to not be in that number that that uh, two spot. 
If they had finished in the third spot in their group, if Slovenia had finished B3, then they would have played Serbia in round two and played Jokic in round two. And so then all of a sudden you're like, man, th- what a tough test in round two for you to play instead of waiting till all the way to the finals and probably winning a couple rounds before you ramp up to, to play those teams. Yeah. And if you came in fourth, you'd be playing Spain in round one. But yeah, <laughs> not that, right. <laughs> you know, Spain's not what it used to be. You know, when we were younger, it felt like, Spain was like the juggernaut, right? You know, them playing yeah. USA and watching Rubio and the Gasol brother, young, young Gasol brothers and all those guys. But Rudy Fernandez have, is still there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's crazy. To He's me. Still but uh, but so, no, I mean, it feels like Luca has flipped the switch. Like, oh, yeah, in, in a way, you know, if you view those first few games, as kind of like friendlies for him, even though they, they needed to win them and stuff, um, you know, for him to have a 47 point game, it's, it's this last one. So now he can, it's like, all right, it's on now because now they just got to win out. And I say just got to, but we need peak <laughs> Luca at these, at this run. This could be a special run. We had this, you know, a special run back in 2017 when him and Dragic for a lot of people, it's what put Luka Doncic on the map was this, you know, tournament run yeah. and seeing him and Dragic and him kind of like be the best player on the floor with Dragic as this young kid. And for a lot of Americans, you know, in the States is like, Oh, who's this Doncic kid that just like, yeah. we're seeing these highlights of, you know, we didn't, you know, a lot of us didn't watch every single game of Eurobasket back then, but here we are, we're all in on Eurobasket and <laughs> we will be the next time too. So that game against Belgium is going to be Saturday. We'll probably do a show maybe that day, maybe, maybe for Monday on that. Um, but we will definitely cover that game. And uh, yeah, that's what that's what's happening in Eurobasket. It's incredible basketball. I'm I'm so enjoying it. This this game against France was so enjoyable. Uh, there's been so many good games. I've enjoyed Tyler Dorsey's games with Greece and all that. What do you think? Let's just finish. Let's just finish this France game off though. What do you think about Ooh. the Luca Gobert relationship? Because now it, we've seen it stretch up, stretch multiple continents. <laughs> that Luca and Gobert have this rivalry. Now he's going to be playing for this Minnesota Timberwolves team, and. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different. It's not Utah, but it still is Gobert versus Luca. He's just fun not to like for other players. It feels like. I mean, it's not just a Luca <laughs> thing. I mean, how many other players don't like this guy? I know. So, <laughs> I mean that that's just the. It feels like it's a Rudy thing more than a, a Luca Rudy thing. But and how I'm, how likable was that Minnesota Timberwolves team that now they have Rudy Gobert? Where it's just like I don't know. Will wait, we will we turn on Anthony Edwards because of Rudy Gobert? No, I can't. Ants, It'll be hard, good. but I don't know. A season later. I'm not a big, I'm not a big cat fan, but uh you're, for you're a dog time, person. Yeah, I'm, I don't like cats. <laughs> um it would have been better if they if they kept Beverly because it was just been know, great yeah. to have Rudy and Beverly and those guys. But um, but no, it, it should be I'm so intrigued. They're one of my most like intriguing teams that I want to watch, especially early on. Like there's a handful of teams every year that they get a big new addition or they shake it up in the off season. You're like, I just want to see them on the floor together. They're a team that that's like top three team that I'm, I have to watch them early on. I got to see how it fits. Yeah. I got to see cat and Rudy on the floor together. Cause it's either going to, I think in the first month, it's either going to we're people are going to look at it and they're going to overreact one way or the other. It's either going to be like, Holy crap. This, team this is size so yeah. is awesome. Like we totally overthought this or we're going to be a month in and majority of people is going to be like, that's one of the biggest like mistakes of a trade we've ever seen, which I think some people are already there right now about how many picks they gave up. Yeah. But I think it's going to be one, one way or the other after a month, after a month that we'll be saying that I think we won't know until honestly, like 
January or February even. Like even after the trade deadline, I feel like we won't know what this what this Minnesota Timberwolves team is until then. Um because they'll have to figure out playing defense with Gobert. Like it's different, right? We've seen him in Utah, but we we've seen it work there, but they'll have to figure out. The Cat Gobert pairing is nothing like we've had in the NBA in a long time. Like can you think of a pair of bigs that that play like that, one super offensive sided, one super defensive like sided that I just can't remember a, a pairing like that. that. It's just going to be, yeah, right. It's just going to be really weird to fit them together. And I feel like we won't know for months because they're, they're all stars. Yeah. Like, I feel like you've seen teams try to, you know, try it. Um, you know, you've seen the young version of it in Cleveland with Mobley yeah. and Allen, but they're, they're, they're not all stars yet. So like these guys are like accomplished all stars that's had like kind of their own teams. And now you're putting them together. What's their ceiling? In the in the standings in the West for you, like what's as high as that they they could go in your mind? I could see him going to three or four, like if everything works together and it's like incredibly good, mm-hmm. it works so well. Because I think I I have listened to a lot of David Locke, right? Like he's my he's my boss. I'm also his channel manager in the NBA, and his whole thing about Rudy Gobert the whole time he's with the Jazz <laughs> is that Gobert is guaranteed 50 wins because of how good he is defensively. And it's kind of proven true with this Jazz team over the last couple of weeks. We saw they won 49 games last year, and in the playoffs, they were really bad, right? Like, they just weren't a team that you look at and go, oh, dang, this is a 50-win team. And so I think that he'll give them a baseline, but they're going to have to figure out how that works and figure out how. So I could see him, if everything works out right from the get-go, like his his defense and Cat and Anthony Edwards' offense just gives them 50 wins, and then they're up there, like, you know, three or four. Like, optimally, if everything works out well. I can't wait for David Locke to try to convince his listeners that Walker Kessler is like the next Mark Eaton. Lockdown Jazz is going is going through it right now. Let me tell <laughs> let me tell you because they have not been bad in a while. The the first pod that I see from him that's just a feature pod on Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh boy, I'm just gonna laugh out loud to myself and then shoot him an email and be like, "Hey, you, that episode is great today." <laughs> Uh yeah, when was the last time they were they were really bad? I I think the ceiling for them though. Okay, we is, we started the sorry we started we started locked on he started locked on Jazz in 2016. They were 40 and 42 that year. They've won 50 games every just about every single year since then. This is the first year of locked on Jazz where they won't win 50 games and maybe won't win 15 games. Wow, <laughs> I know. Um. It's pretty wild though. They've had kind of sustainable like success from, you know, obviously Stockton Malone, but then into like Boozer, Darren Williams, Williams. Karolinko days, passed off to Gordon Hayward, and then passed off to Mitchell. And yeah, it's kind of wild for like a small market. They've kind of had like a floor anyway. Yeah. Um, but for Minnesota though, I think it's like four or five for me. I can't go. I I can't have them crack in that top three. Even four is a stretch. But that's just everything clicking. That's like D'Angelo Russell having a great, efficient year. Yeah. Ant taking the next big step and the big man duo just clicking. I, would you bet your life that the Mavs finished with a better record? My life? Like, I am I would die if, they're, if they aren't? Would no, you, I wouldn't. <laughs> would you bet your Magic jersey behind you? <laughs> um, if we're just assuming health across the board, the Timberwolves just have so much more talent than the Mavericks. Yeah. That's so hard. I would, I pro- I would probably bet the Mavericks would have a bet. Like, I would bet something that they, the, on the Mavericks, but. Baby Yoda behind you. <laughs> oh, Grogu? No. <laughs> Never. 
Anyway, they're just an intriguing team. I'm fascinated about them. I want to see them watch. I want to watch them play basketball. I know every time I watch one of these guys in Eurobasket, I'm starting to think about their NBA team and how they're gonna like. I was watching today. I'm like, man, I think Fournier would be good on the Mavs. (laughs) All right, I need to turn this off. Go look at the cap sheet again. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. Tomorrow, Isaac's got you covered, talking more Eurobasket, breaking it down, ready for the tournament. Now make your second listen, the ultimate pro football preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza that gets you ready for NFL season. Team of local experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network and betting angle with Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets combines all of it into one ultimate NFL preview. Search the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Bye.